Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. What's up, dum-dums? As sports keeps coming back, so does your chance to bet on them. With our exclusive wagering partner, BetOnline.ag, baseball's back in full swing, and there are no shortages of ways to get in the action. BetOnline has all the odds, futures, and props You'll be a betting son of a bitch. Also tune in as Floyd Money Mayweather joins the Bet Online team in a new segment called The Ice is Right, where he talks about his expansive jewelry collection. My goodness. He'll give you the chance to win some great prizes and bet on all the costs of his bling. Brendan, I didn't know jewelry betting was missing from my life. Yeah. I now know. Now you know. Visit Bet Online AG today to check out all the odds. Don't forget to sign up and take advantage of all the welcome back to sports bonuses. Bet online, your online wagering experts. Hey there, Colin. What's crapman? Are you wearing your Halloween costume? No, I'm wearing Mizzou gear. I'm psyched about being a Mizzou fan for the first time in well, seems like forever. I'm psyched too, Colin. I mean, I think Missouri's a big underdog in this game against number 10 Florida on the road, but we are playing with house money and have been since LSU, right? I mean, like, who cares what happens almost if we lose? You know, it's sad. I want us to win. I don't know. I mean, I just feel like drink, just roll the dice. I mean, he's the riverboat gambler. Let's keep it going. Yeah, it's almost amazing to me that we're, we're like a two-touchdown dog. Yeah. And I'm like, I get it. I mean, Florida's really good, but I feel like after watching the last two weeks, two touchdowns seems like a lot. It does you seem know? like a lot. I know Florida's good, but... I think Missouri may always be able to profit from the fact that the SEC media has endless capacity to be underwhelmed by Mizzou. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, just, It dismisses out of hand. You know it what I mean? just doesn't like, matter what we do. We've talked about it before. Like, you watch the SEC network, like, they'll give us credit for winning, but it's a lot, it's sort of a good for you. Good for you. <laughs> not, not, you know what I mean? Like, it's a it's the hair tussling. engine that could tussle my hair because I did a good job, but, like, they're not really taking us seriously. Yeah, well, you're not on our level, but you did, you jumped up one day, you know, and good for you. This is your Super Bowl when you beat Kentucky. It's like if your child draws you a picture and you put it on the fridge, even though the drawing's not particularly good, your mm. kid made it. Yeah, you know I mean, I mean so the SEC, that's what, that's what Mizzou is to the SEC. Like, oh, good for you. Way to win a game, big guy. Let's hang them in the fridge. Look at how good that is. 
No, you're, you're right. And I think that uh, basically Florida is kind of in a similar situation that Kentucky was in last week. They got to play Georgia after us. They are coming off of two weeks of complete distraction with this COVID outbreak and a big loss to Texas A&M. I mean, I don't want to say that Florida is going to overlook Missouri. Obviously, they haven't even played football in the last two weeks. They're going to be aching to go. But I mean, you know, they're more worried about Georgia than they are us. Well, yeah, I mean, you hope that the one upside to being completely dismissed at all times in the SEC is that, you know, you'll always have the opportunity to sneak up on somebody. And then there's, you know, like Kyle Trask is a great quarterback and this Pitts kid is a great tight end and that's fine. But listen, I'm not saying Connor Basilak is Kyle Trask, but what if he is? Do you know what I mean? We don't know that yet and to just to assume that he won't be or he's that much worse. I mean, like, I feel like we got a pretty good quarterback at Mizzou, and I feel like we got a pretty good coach. And I really feel like where Mizzou is probably playing a little bit with one arm behind his back is just we don't have a bunch of five-star talent all over the roster, but we've got a lot of talent in the right places, and uh, we've got a good quarterback. We've got a good uh, coach. Listen, I'm not predicting a win for Mizzou, but a two-touchdown dog just seems overly pessimistic after what we've seen for the last two weeks. You know, I think part of it, Colin, is that when media outside of Missouri, outside of Columbia, Missouri, looks at Mizzou, they remember what we most recently did. But part of being dismissive of a team is not thinking about them ever and just completely forgetting what happened. And I think a lot of people look at this game and think, well, Missouri's a ground and pound team. You know, Larry Roundtree's going to have 50 carries and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, that's what happened last week because it was going to work against Kentucky. I don't think we have any reason to expect that's the style of play we're going to see again against Florida. Drinkwitz have shown in just a few games that he will change his team to fit the scenario. And just because that's something we did against Kentucky, I mean, they've completely forgot what we did against LSU, which was something that a completely different type of team does, both yeah. offensively you and know, defensively. You mean where Connor Basilak threw for 400 yards? Yeah, that's the thing. No, <laughs> you know, four touchdowns or whatever. It's like, uh, yeah, Kyle Trask is a great quarterback, but I think ours is okay. And all you have to do is go to SDS and start reading articles, and you realize they, don't, you know, this is a this is a website based on following the SEC, and they don't know anything about us. They've got Adam Spencer, but you know, beyond that, like I, I tweeted out for the Mazzotcast account yesterday, the the quarterback rankings for the fucking SEC this this week. I'm just like, are you fucking kidding me? Like it was just it was an abomination. I was like, you obviously haven't watched at least half of these quarterbacks play football this year to make this list. It was just like, are you serious with this? I literally, from my personal account, was like, this is embarrassing. This list is, should be an embarrassment to you. You should be embarrassed by this. <laughs> this is uh, like saying you're an expert on baseball and not knowing what a double play is. The thing that I think Missouri really has to worry about here, Colin, is that we, our secondary isn't the greatest part of this team, certainly not the greatest part of the defense, and that Kyle Trask is an experienced quarterback. And if we put pressure on him like we did against Kentucky, against LSU, he's probably going to be able to handle it better because he's done it before and because he's, you know, he's just cool under fire because he's got the experience. And of course, he's got those great receivers. Like you mentioned, Kyle Pitts. You know, I mean, they're going to they're going to try to throw on us. And and but that's the main problem here. I think that's the main advantage Florida has. And if Drinkwitz can find something to mitigate that. I think there's every reason to believe that we could be in this football game. I certainly think we can score on the Florida Gators, however we do it, well, ground I, or air. I hope I hope Drink sticks with the aggressive game plan on defense. I feel like when you got a quarterback like Trask, all you can do is try to get him off his spot, hit him with pressure. The pressure's got to get home, though. I mean, that's what they did against LSU. The score doesn't really belie what Mizzou did to LSU, but they beat up their quarterback. You know what I mean? They beat up um, LSU's quarterback all day long. And that's, to me, that's the recipe you want with Trask. I mean, you're not going to drop into a zone and he's going to pick you apart. You got to go hit him in the teeth. And if you, if you hit him in the teeth and he 
finds the hot read, and he goes over the top, and he burns you and burns you and burns you. That's fine because you know what? The other ways I know is not going to work. But at least if you go after him, it might work. Keep in mind that uh, while we did beat the hell out of Brennan for LSU, he also threw for over 400 yards and four touchdowns. I agree. But my thing is, is that by the end of the game, he was seeing ghosts. And uh, he didn't even play the next game. And so I just feel like in a zone, he throws for 400 yards. And in the man defense that we ran where we were aggressive, he threw for 400 yards. But we also forced turnovers. And we also got sacks. And we also, you know, a lot of plays for loss. I don't know. Like I said, I, I hope they stay aggressive on defense. The only way to, you know, negate Trask is, is to hit him in the mouth. The biggest part of what scares me about that is, you know, he's got pits. And that's, a, you know, is he going to find him every time he blitz? Who knows? If Florida thinks that we're going to be in any way sort of intimidated or struck by shock and awe because they are a powerful team, then they haven't realized that this is going to be the fourth ranked opponent we've faced this year and fifth team we've faced that has been ranked at some point in the season. So, like, Missouri's already been through it this year. They're not getting scared of anybody. Well, like you said, it's it's all house money. Everybody expects us to lose. We're a two-touchdown dog. Missouri doesn't have any pressure on them. Going to Florida and beat them. You know what I mean? Or don't, and nobody's going to blame you. But mm-hmm. it's all house money. And well, what happens if they win? You know what I mean? Like, said the same thing before we play Kentucky. Like, wouldn't it be grand? Wouldn't it be wonderful? Boy, don't expect it, but wouldn't it be nice? I mean, the same boat. You know, if we're sitting here recording a podcast Saturday night after a big win against Florida, I just, it's not outside the scope of possibility, at least certainly not the way it was. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. (laughs) I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Or the way it felt at the beginning of the season. No doubt about it. Why don't we get to our first guest, Colin? It's Edgar Thompson. He covers the Florida Gators from Gainesville with the Orlando Sentinel. And, of course, uh, Caleb the Greek's coming back, and he's bringing us his picks for uh, getting us rich with Bet Online. All right. M-I-Z. B-O-U. Going to throw it. Slam. This bug's for you, Mizzou. They are carving up this LSU defense. You don't get no better than that, man. He's like 
dumps it short. Milibandy with the catch, and he's going to jet his way into the end zone. Missouri touchdown. Hand off to Roundtree, running left. It's 35 to the 40. Left sideline around the This is the Mazzotcast. On the program with us now, Edgar Thompson from the Orlando Sentinel. He's here to tell us about what is going on with these Florida Gators. Thank you for joining us, Edgar. I'm wondering, are you talking more about COVID-19 or are you talking more about the Missouri versus Florida football game this weekend? What's the story, number one? I think we're kind of moving past the outbreak here, at least hopefully. We're, we're still taking a wait-and-see attitude a bit. I mean, who's playing this weekend? Who's available? I mean, we obviously know Kyle Trask, as we spoke to him the other day. We assume you know Kyle Pitts and, and company are going to be on the field. Um, Kyrie Campbell's returning on defense, which is a big deal for the Gators we'll get to. But in general, I mean, when you had 25 players test positive for this virus within 10 days of the Texas A&M loss on October 10th, and then six more showed up positive this week, so that's 31 players in the span of a couple of weeks coming down with the virus, how that plays out with quarantines, with forced layoffs of, of 10 days per infected player, and then the practice schedule being upended. Because the SEC mandates that anyone infected with the virus has to ease back into things over a four-day period. So how does all this puzzle come together? Where do the pieces fit in? And how many players do the Gators have even available on Saturday night against Missouri? Which I hear Tigers have their own issues with you know, injuries and players not being available for whatever reasons, too. I'm guessing the Gators, you know, that have a full complement at 81 scholarships, I believe, are going to be the over-under. I said at 68, but it's going to be right around that number of players available, I'm guessing. Well, you know, it's also a matter of, like you said, who the players are, right? I know that that's well over the... SEC's conference limit on how many players need be available, right? That's it. That's what is that? 53? 53. Yeah. And you have to have like, what is it? Four defensive linemen, seven offensive linemen and a scholarship quarterback. Mm-hmm. So those are some of the thresholds. You can petition if you have fewer to play a game, but, and I guess if this were to crop up again with the Gators, they might have to because otherwise it's going to be a no contest or potentially a forfeit. But let's hope we don't get to that again because it's no fun for anybody. I mean, having to report on this or in coaches' cases, everyone was quarantined for 14 days, man. It wasn't like Kyle Trask could just like call up Trey Grimes, a receiver, and say, hey, man, let's meet at the park and throw passes. Kyle Trask, I wrote a story this week, his girlfriend is the center fielder for the softball team. They, he, that was his receiver for two weeks. I mean, he's playing catch with his girlfriend. So, you know, you're totally quarantined. And Dan Mullen got the virus. He's at home, separated from his wife and two children for t- 14 days. And luckily, he has a big house. But he's basically got an office in the bedroom. And that's where he had to basically stay for two weeks. So it's no fun for anyone involved in this mess. And let's hope that that's the end of that. Obviously, the the outbreak had come off the heels of Dan Mullen making statements about wanting the the swamp to be filled after the loss to Texas A and M, and then of course, you know, the outbreak only put a highlight marker over those comments. Has that died down too, or is I mean, that's more of a national story. I feel like is that over with in, in the Gainesville media world, or is or are we on a football, or is that still haunting him? 
Mm, I don't know if that's haunting him still, but no, that was far from just a national story, not to correct you. I mean, he got hammered from all corners in Florida. I mean, they're guys that Dave Hyde, the South Florida Sun Sentinel columnist who's in our chain. I mean, Dave is terrific, as good as they come. I, I mean, he hadn't weighed in on the Gators price into Miami game last year. He took him to the woodshed. Uh, Mike Bianchi, our longtime columnist who doesn't shy away from, you know, controversial and, and topics or <clears throat> holding coaches accountable. This wasn't controversial. I mean, he, he ripped them. I mean, Dan, Dan brought that on himself. It was really the comments were made in the heat of emotion after losing a game on a last second field goal, a game the Gators had in hand, not once, but twice potentially. I mean, they're up 11 points. Then it's tied 38 all. They're marching down the field to basically go for a game winning field goal and milk the clock out and they fumble and Texas A&M just sliced right through the defense as it had done all day and kicked the field goal as time expired. Dan was furious with the result. He also was furious with the fact that Kyle Field was boisterous. There were about 25,000 at Kyle Field with seats 100 and whatever too, but they were grouping together pretty closely, making noise. I mean, 25,000 people isn't nothing even if it is spread out in a big area like that. That's a normal Pac-12 crowd. (laughs) Well, no, and people joke. I mean, that's probably more than Vanderbilt gets a lot of games. But it it was loud, and they were right up on the Gator sideline screaming and yelling. Dan felt like that crowd had an impact in the game. So he's like, well, we'll show you. We're going to really have an impact. We're going to pack the swamp for LSU. The problem is Dan had chances to back off those comments and didn't until the SEC teleconference the following Wednesday. And even then gave a tepid apology. You know, it was more like if I offended anybody, I'm sorry. But Dan's opened a new can of worms this week. I mean, we like Dan because he says it was on his mind. Mm -hmm. Um, That probably was better left unsaid. I'm not going to say that necessarily for his comments on the NCAA's ruling to allow kids to vote on election day and not practice. There are no football activities this coming up Tuesday. Dan is not a fan of this. And understandably on one level, because it's Georgia week, and that's a big day of practice. So now the Gators play a night game against Missouri. They're going to have to practice on Sunday. They're going to be beaten up, tired, and have a very like low-key practice now that would have been a rest day otherwise. So Dan has made comments about that this week twice now and says he doesn't understand the decision. There are other ways that they could have done this. The Gators could have all gotten together and voted early, yada, yada, yada. That doesn't come off very enlightened either. But it's not like he's suppressing votes or whatever. They register all the players to vote. Some players are voting by mail-in ballot. We've already talked to a few. And it isn't like he's anti-vote. He's this anti-losing a practice on Georgia week. So, you know, Dan can be a a lightning rod a bit, but, you know, I vote for quotes as a media member. (laughs) Sure, that makes all sense in the world. Let's get to the game. I mean, let's get to the fun stuff. The Missouri and Florida game, this has obviously been pushed back because of all the reasons we've been talking. You know, I think that earlier in the season, 
we as Missouri fans would have said, you know, well, this is just one where Florida whoops us in the swamp. You know, everything's set for that. But here now, Missouri surprisingly has life. And then Florida is facing all these outside challenges that you've elucidated for us. You know, I feel like that sort of levels the playing field a little bit. I've seen anywhere from 15 and a half when it opened down to 11 and a half. But basically, uh, you know, 13 is where I'm seeing the line. Do you think this is going to be a close football game? My gut feeling says the Gators are going to take care of business. I think this offense is pretty potent and depending on the health of it. One thing that this layoff could benefit, one place this could benefit Florida is Kyle Pitts was lumping around the second half of the AM game. Kyle Pitts is a transcendent player. He's a weapon unlike maybe any other in the SEC. I mean, Waddle, you know, now that he's hurt, I mean, that guy's speed on, he's was uncoverable. Well, Kyle just does it with route running speed and his strength. He's 6'6", 245 pound tight end who can line up in the slot, who can split out wide, doesn't drop anything. Bodies, guys, I mean, he's a specimen. He could be a top 10 draft pick. You know, he's just a matchup problem. I mean, no one can cover the guy. I mean, you put a cornerback on him, he overwhelms him. You put a safety on him, pretty much overwhelms him and that outruns him. Put a linebacker on him, the guy can't keep up with his speed. So Kyle Pitts, if he's 100%, he and Kyle Trask alone with a healthy offensive line are going to give a few teams in the league by themselves trouble. I would have probably put Missouri on that list before the Kentucky performance. The Kentucky performance gives me a little pause because it's like, man, defense played pretty good, but it looked more like the offense has kept Kentucky off the field with 92 plays. And that could be an issue for Florida. I mean, Florida's third down defense has been atrocious, 59% this year. The Gators defense, a top 10 unit last year, is like a bottom 10 unit this year. A lot of different guys in different roles, a lot of new players. It's just, it's been a mess on defense. And maybe this layoff gave them a chance to sort some of that out. But yeah, I mean, a lot of factors point to this should be a close game. We'll see. The Gators are chomping at the bit. They got a bitter taste in their mouths since that A&M game. And they have Georgia on the horizon and really, you know, realize it's a very small window to get ready. I expect a very high energy, angry, determined football team to come out. It just comes down to whether Missouri can match that energy. And, and, you know, take the first punch or two. Florida's had a, a really rocky decade or so, like three or four coaches. Oh, yeah. You know, Missouri joined the conference in 2012. And I feel like maybe nobody has capitalized on Florida having these struggles more than Missouri. I think they're five and sure. four head to head. And those wins have all been recent and under rough years for the for the Gators. Do you think that th- that's just looked at as Missouri is uh, has capitalized on a, on a rough period for Florida? Or do you think that, I mean, how do the Gators look at Missouri? Do they look at it as a Vanderbilt coming to town or do they look look at it as sort of a, a trap game kind of team or what's the respect level I guess for a, a Missouri Tigers team on a scale of one to 10 based on the, the past that they've had recently? Well, it definitely looks like a trap game for the Gators because of what I said at the Georgia on the horizon and Missouri is a capable team. I mean, there's only one Vanderbilt in the SEC. Let's be honest. That's really the only kind of gimme which is why a 10-game SEC schedule proposes tremendous challenges for everyone in the league because Arkansas looked like they were on Vanderbilt's level. That isn't the case. I'm a huge Sam Pittman guy, and Felipe Franks is showing um, that he's a good quarterback. I mean, Dan Mullen trained him well. He's playing with confidence, and that team's no easy out right now for anyone. But Missouri's a legitimate SEC program, in my opinion. Certainly it dipped a little bit 
in recent years under Barry Odom. But I've covered every one of those Florida Missouri games. I was there in 13. I started back with the Sentinel in 2012. Um, I was up here 02 through 06 seasons for the Palm Beach Post. So I have fairly long history now with the Gator program. But, you know, the 2013 game, I mean, they laid 500 on less chance defense. 14, they basically delivered really, the, it was a straw that broke the camel's back. They ran them off the field on homecoming, and they were 42 nothing. They scored on a pick six, a fumble return, a kickoff return, a punt return. I mean, it was, it was a, a weird. nightmarish, oh, terrible, 42 nothing. They're just killing them. You know, they came here at homecoming in 2018, whipped them, 38-17. Gators coming off a disappointing loss to Georgia, totally no-showed. I think that's really the only game under Dan Mullen where the Gators just didn't show up. I mean, Kentucky, second game of his tenure, you know, that was a new deal. And I won't say, I mean, they didn't play well that game, but they no-showed against Missouri in that game. So Missouri's delivered some, you know, pretty bad losses to the Gators. And and, and then the year McElwain got fired, 17, they ran him off the field, 45-whatever, 14 or whatever, 18 some weird scores, 45 to something. So the Gators should have respect, but the problem is it's hard to tell kids who didn't go through that, respect this team, <laughs> be ready for this team. I think that Mullen has buy-in. I think his players listen to him. I think he'll have them ready in terms of the mentality. But let's see if they can execute. Let's see what the rust level is. Edgar Thompson, he's in Gainesville covering the Florida Gators for the Orlando Sentinel. Thank you for joining us. Uh, basically, uh, you're, you're predicting the uh, Gators, do you say, to play well and come out angry and, and, and beat Missouri? Do you think they'll cover the, the spread? I don't, I don't know if the Gators will coast through this game. I think it's going to be a, a, it'll, it's a legitimate football game. But I think in the end, the Gators' offense, I don't know Missouri's defense well enough. I mean, I know Bolton is a stud. Elliott was great, caught my eye last year, clearly got NFL personnel people's eyes too. But I just don't know what, where the, if they have enough pieces on defense. Well, Kyle Trask is a fifth-year senior who's a real gym rat film room guy. His decision-making is quickened as he's gotten more experience. He's very accurate. One thing about Dan, Jordan Palmer did this really, Jordan Rogers, excuse me, did a very uh, interesting breakdown. SEC Network of after South Carolina, where Dan ran the same play 10 times in that game with various iterations and just showed how Trask was reading things and how he could eliminate this read and that. I know that I'm not going there. And just how quickly he was getting rid of the ball. I think they were like 9 of 10 for 187 and three touchdowns just off one play. So Dan call is a very good play caller. He recognizes things, and Kyle Trask knows how, is like able to run what he wants. So it's going to be a challenge for Missouri, and that's why I kind of sit here and go, this offense is pretty – passing offense, excuse me, is pretty special. But we'll see. I think that you know the Gators are going to have a lot of uh, – t- whether their rhythm's there, there's rust, all these things, a lot of challenges – so I'm interested to see what happens, and um, I wouldn't be stunned if Missouri comes in here and it goes down to the end or Missouri pulls an upset. I'm not going to walk away and go, what? How did that happen? I don't know full well how it happened, you know, a COVID outbreak. <laughs> <laughs> well, Edgar Thompson from Orlando Sentinel in Gainesville covering the Florida Gators. Thank you once again for joining us and telling us about uh, what, what we're going to see in Gainesville on Saturday. Thanks for having me, man. Hello, Lake.
Sunshine State They got rednecks wrestling pine thugs They got drunk girls going wild Party with margarita villas And serial killers While you watch a gator eat a child They probably leave the nation in public masturbation They're jerking up all over the place Forget the key lime pie, let's get a bad salt hot And munch on the stranger's face Because anything goes to Florida Come on down and do your worst Store the rain of a dumping Take it and dumping Chances are you won't be the first Doing anything, anywhere, anytime in the ballet They got meth labs and magic kingdoms Titty bars and the KKK And when shit goes down You can stand your ground And blow your neighbor away Because anything goes to Florida Baby, let the good times roll If there's a law, you can duck it If you catch it, you can fuck it It's America's glory hole Talking anything, anywhere, anywhere On the line with us now to make his weekly picks, Caleb the Greek. Caleb the Greek. Thanks for joining us, Caleb. Hey, Brennan. How are you today? Pretty goddamn good. I'm ready to make some money. Oh, I know. I need some money. I need that money. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, are you ready to make some uh, real money this weekend? I got four winners on the board. All right. Well, let's get started. Once again, it's Caleb the Greek. Pick of the week. You want to make your wallet fat All the boys and girls alike They want to get them some of that It's a bearded lady pleaser It's the best picks of the week All you sons of bitches get rich with the man Caleb the Greek, Caleb the Greek Caleb the Greek, Caleb the Greek Who's first on the docket? SEC football, big boy football Coming at you Georgia plays Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Kentucky. We know about Kentucky. We just played Kentucky. We beat Kentucky. Kentucky is Walmart trash. Georgia is favored by 14 and a half. Georgia wins by 28. Mm-hmm. Georgia. I tend to agree with you. I think that Georgia's going to have their way with Kentucky. Do you think it's going to be a low scoring affair? I think Georgia puts up 40 points in it. I don't think Kentucky puts up more than 14. They couldn't get but 10 with us. Yeah, I'm just figuring by the end of the game, like, Georgia's going to put every player on the sideline, and, like, Ugga 4 through Ugga 9 are going to be playing D-back and linebacker, so they might get some points. <laughs> Ugga lives better than most people in Georgia. Let's uh, let's flip the coin. We have a 2005 Kansas coin. It's going to have Georgia as heads, Kentucky as tails, and the coin likes Kentucky. It likes the points. I don't know about that one, coin. 
Yeah, me either. I'm rolling with you this time. All right, Big 12 football. This game, the line doesn't look real. You don't look real. Oklahoma State's three-point favorite over Texas. Oklahoma State is the number four team in the country, and Texas is definitely not anywhere close to being the number four team in the country. They're playing it in the Jerry Dome. So more Texas fans probably, but I don't see any reason Oklahoma State doesn't cover that three points they're giving away there. Is Oklahoma State worthy of that kind of uh, ranking they're getting right now? They do have Mike Gundy, you know, as their coach. That guy gets you like 10 spots in the polls. (laughs) I'm a man! I'm 40! Yeah, I mean, he's all about mullets and conspiracy theories. So, we like, you know, we like Mike Gundy. Come after me! Yeah, that's true. He's been dreaming of this kind of season, though. I mean, te- he's always been in Texas and Oklahoma's shadow, and to be able to be better than both of those programs. But I'm sure he's going to be in the same situation we are with the Big 12 that we are with the SEC, where it's uh, the Big 12 is down if you're doing good. Yeah. I'm down on Caleb's mom. Yeah, which is, I think that these coaches like that will be fine with that. You can recruit off of it. Kids won't mind. All righty. Well, so let's see. We'll put make Texas heads this time, and Oklahoma State will be tails. And the coin likes Oklahoma State. No? Agreed this time. Nobody likes Texas, not even a coin. Fuck Texas. No, fucking Texas sucks. Well, you want to stay in the Big 12, Brendan? Let's do a big, another Big 12 game. I'm ready for it. Clown football. All right. Oklahoma plays Texas Tech. Texas Tech had a shootout with Texas earlier in the year where they went over 100 points, so I don't see any reason why Texas Tech and Oklahoma can't go over 66 and a half. <laughs> Take the upside of that. Over 66 and a half, Oklahoma, Texas Tech. Let's see. The coin will make heads be over and tails be under. And the coin takes the under. Okay, now we got something here. I, uh, 66 and a half. I mean, fuck, Texas Tech, that's that's all they do is score points. Yeah, they, they just score points, play no defense. <laughs> just Mike Leach's legacy lives on. God bless him. We got one more game left. We're going to go back to SEC Big Boy Football. And uh, let's bet on those Missouri Tigers. We've been doing it every week. Let's do it again. You know? Sure. Missouri, uh, 11 and a half point underdog in this game. They're catching 11 and a half points. Missouri covers that against Florida. I think that's a good bet. I saw the line, Caleb, when this game came out, I think it opened up at 15 and a half. And then mm-hmm. this morning, it was still at 13 and a half. Now it's down at 11 and a half. I think you're not the only one who thinks that's a good pick. Yeah, I, I still like it at 11 and a half. I really like it at 15, but 11 and a half, I dig it, you know. Florida doesn't even belong in the SEC, really. That's right. <laughs> and yeah. we, we kind of own the swamp, too. Gators are just the raccoons of the swamp. Oh, yeah. We're going to go down there, dick stomp them. If a tiger were to fight an alligator, it would suck it up and eat it. Not the other way around. So that's how I place a lot of my bets on mascots who would win in a fight. Mm-hmm. Definitely a tiger. I, I think that's a, that's a sound strategy based on logic. So, you know, the last time Florida lost in the swamp was 2018 against Missouri. Was that right? It was that game that saved Barry Odom's job temporarily. Oh, thank God for that. <laughs> I'll take a win when I can get it in the swamp. Yeah. All right. Let's see what the coin has to say about it. Missouri's going to be heads and Florida is going to be tails. And the coin likes Florida. And 
I'm going to give up the points this time. That's all right. Me and the coin agree, disagree, agree, disagree. We're going to have us a nice little season here. What do you think about this game? We have to start thinking about Mizzou maybe being an actually decent football team at this point, don't we? Don't get out over your skis. It's hard to think about that. You don't want to get, you know, the cart in front of the horse there or all your profits will go downhill. But Mizzou could be good. They could have turned it around. Drink could be a savior. You beat Florida, and you've got yourself a season going on. Oh, yeah. you got a stew going, baby. Baby, you got a stew going. Yeah. You're, you're putting it together. It'd be a good thing. I'd be excited. So will I. It's been a while since we've had this kind of enthusiasm from our fans. The listener lines have been blowing up a lot more, and uh, it's nice to have a pulse, you know? Still kind of tepid about this season because it's like it's coronavirus season. It's like the Dodgers just won the World Series. There's an asterisk on that. Yeah. You know, the Lakers won the NBA playoffs. NBA title. To me, it's an asterisk. The season just feels odd. You know, like the Big Ten played one game and then they're canceling games already. It's just almost too good to be true. Like, Missouri may win out, but it doesn't really count because people will go, well, it was COVID. Yeah. You know? Well, you know who the real winner is, Caleb. It's the cardboard cutout industry. Oh, God. Fucking winners everywhere. They're laminating the shit out of people making that money. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's where the that's where the money's going in coronavirus here. So get yourself a job at your nearest cardboard cutoutery. Perfect. Yeah. There's a lot of them around. Start <laughs> one, too. All right. Well, once again, this has been Caleb the Greek Pick of the Week. Down to Florida, we welcome you to the Sunshine State. They're kicking back and soaking up the rays every day in Florida. I'm in Florida, the sun is setting over Tampa Bay. Like a Caribbean holiday Every day in Florida We got Shaq down on South Beach The Dolphins too Springtime for the Yankees And the Dodger Blue Golf courses, beaches It's easy to spot them You like the Gators? Man, we got them down in Florida Welcome you to the Sunshine State A Category 5 hurricane Couldn't spoil the day in Florida Well, Con, listening to all that makes me think, if I am going to bet on this game, and I sure don't want to, I'm kind of wanting to take the over. I mean, you got I, I have a lot of faith in Basilac's ability to score on Florida, and obviously Kyle Trask is a, leading a powerful Florida offense. I think there's going to be a, a lot of offense on Saturday. Yeah, I tell you, I mean, I don't know much about Florida's defensive line. I know the defense for Florida is not uh, well regarded to this point in the season, but as much as anything, you know, we talk about Bazelak, we talk about Drinkwitz, we talk about Roundtree. One of the reasons I have confidence in this offense's ability to score points with anybody is the offensive line has played well in both pass coverage and run. They can move the ball on the ground. They've been able to pass protect. I mean, if, you, if your offensive line is functioning at a high level, you got a chance. You give Bazelak some time, I'm confident he'll find a receiver. I am too. I'm gaining confidence in our young freshman quarterback each and every week we see him. And I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm not going to bet on this game, like I said, but I wouldn't be surprised 
with either outcome, but I am confident that Missouri will show out. You know what I mean? I think we'll show up and we will play hard and it's not going to be an easy win for Florida no matter what. Yeah, I think our bedwetting days are over. Sure hope so. My bed was soaked. All right, Colin, are you uh, ready for a Halloween game? I am. I am. I'm ready for spooky season. <laughs> it's it's the hardest spooky season. Basilactober doesn't roll off the tongue like Mocktober did. Or Locktober. Or any of the Tobers past. Yeah. Yeah. We'll just have to keep calling him Bedazzled Sack. Mm-hmm. And we shall. And uh, hopefully his Bedazzled Sack is glimmering like the sun Saturday evening in Gainesville, Florida. Till then, M-I-Z. Z-O-U. Wow, did you write that song? Yeah, I mean, Vince Neil helped. Legitimately good song. Thanks, man. And it makes a good point.